Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We know your life will be changed for the better by listening to God's word. If you'd like to know more about Trinity Beaumont or contribute to our ministry, please visit www.trinitybeaumont.com. at him this morning. Worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. Come on, sing. Worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise. Worthy is your name, Jesus. Worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. Worthy is your name, Jesus. Worthy is your name. And I exalt your name. I exalt thee. Oh, I exalt thee. I exalt thee. Oh, for thou, exalted high above all gods for thou O Lord art high above all the earth for thou art exalted high above
Come on. Let's join with heaven. Distraction. At your feet, Lord. We're at attention, Lord. We come to attention at the majesty and greatness of your name, God. Who in heaven is beside you? Who on earth is like you, God? Who sits beside our God? Who is like you? Who is a great and mighty and as worthy as you, our Lord? There is none like you, God. Great are you, Lord. Great is your name. You're famous, God. We declare your fame. We declare your fame, the majesty and the greatness of who you are. That's why we're going to stay in this moment, Lord. We don't want to move because we want more of you. Nothing satisfies like you do, Lord. We're hungry. Come on, we're hungry. Are you hungry? Are you satisfied? We want you, Lord. We're here for you.
those who hunger and thirst, they shall be filled. But if you're satisfied, if you don't have need, if you don't want anymore, you'll miss it. Stay hungry, stay open. We're here for you, come on. talking to you like a father who watches over a child at a park who might be on the other side of the of the park and they might be doing their own thing but the parent the father is always watching he said I'm here for you you might have come here for me but I came here for you before you showed up, before you you were reaching out for me, I was reaching out for you. Like the bridegroom that chose, that joined himself to earth in darkness, in brokenness. Come on. In a posture of reception now. To receive from heaven, it looks like this. Just stay open. You don't have it all together, that's okay. God came to us in our brokenness. We Be open because he wants you just the way that you are. You know, there's a lot of things in this world that tell us otherwise, a lot of Christianity and religion. I myself have been guilty of living in a posture that is not true to the grace of God but his mercies are new every morning. Yeah, hallelujah. <laughs> oh, I said his mercies are new every morning. They're new every morning. They're new every morning. And Isaiah prophesied and he said, don't you see it? Can't you tell? I'm doing a new thing in the earth. It will spring forth like rivers in the desert. Like a woman who has been barren, who has not brought forth a child. So Israel, which is God's child, the children of God, each and every single person who would say, I believe God would come to her. God would come to us, each and every single one of his children. Son and daughter, I am here. Those words change everything, kind of like what Carrie was talking about, that childlike faith. When the parent shows up, when the baby's crying in the middle of the night, says, I'm here. It's okay. 
You might be going through hell, but I'm here to walk through you. Come on, wasn't there another man in the fire? Wasn't there another in the water parting the deep to make a way where there was no way? Come and follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. turn you into something beautiful. You, all you might have is ashes. All you might feel is broken, but I still call you whole. I still call you beautiful. I still call you, I don't call you by your shame or your sin, your condemnation, all the things of your past. I made up for those things on the cross. Don't you, don't you hear it? Don't you see me? I'm in the beauty and the brokenness. I'm in the shame and the sorrow. I'm in the weeping and rejoicing. I'm in it. I've lived it. I've become it for your sake. That you didn't have to die. That you didn't have to stay there. That you didn't have to to be there and that. To stay. Not what the world calls you, but who I call you. Who are you? Who am I? Who are we? We are children of God. Oh, I am a child of God. Because I'm no longer a slave to fear. Yes, I am a child of God. Because I'm no Come on, you're going to help us preach today. There's truth in that declaration. If we'd only receive it, if we'd only understand it, 
So I'm going to pray that we would, that the Father from whom every family and everything on earth derives its name would grant you out of the riches of his treasury what is that great spirit of wisdom and revelation that would give us comprehensive understanding into what are the unlimited riches of his grace we could see, we could know and understand the hope to which he has called us stay the same that we would spring forth and we would walk into our destiny I don't know a single person who doesn't want that but Lord without your spirit this is impossible we need you, Holy Spirit. Oh, come on. Is anybody in need this morning? Are you feeling a little broken? Are you feeling a little lacking? Are you feeling a little empty? You ought to just tell him, I need you. Jesus said, oh, I'm going to stop myself. We'll go back to the Old Testament. It said it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the Spirit of God living on the inside of us now. It wasn't true at the moment, but now it's true. Come on. We need you, Holy Spirit. We need you, Holy Spirit. Come on, let's cry out to the Spirit of God living on the inside of us, the great Spirit, the great unifier, the great baptizer by God's Spirit. We are brought into glory. We are brought into revelation, understanding of Christ, the anointed one. And Jesus, apart from you, we can do nothing. And you, by your spirit, as the great baptizer. God, we, I am desperate I need a greater measure of who you are. I need a greater measure and understanding of who you are. God, I need you. We need you, God. Like cracked earth that is parched and the deer that pants for water, God, we need you. God, our soul longs for you, the real you. Oh, the real you. We want the real you. The one that pulled mountains out of the sea when a flood covered the earth. God, it's in wonder and awe and amazement that we approach you and call you Father. We call you Father. We call you Father. We call you Father. Father, we need you. Father, we need you. You might ought to just grab onto somebody next to you just for a moment.
We need you, Father. Let's pray together today to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who it pleased for us to be saved. For us to be called his own. We release peace. We release heaven right now. Come on. Brokenness has to go. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Brokenness, despair, shame, all those things have no place in the midst and the presence of heaven. The heavenlies are what we pull down today. Heaven. Heaven. Come on a full and greater measure. Heaven. That's the atmosphere right now. I can feel the the weightiness in my spirit right now. Actually, even in my chest. It's glory. Like the kebab. It's a weighty thing. It's heavy, but it feels like joy. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. We long for your glory, Lord. Mm. Your glory can come. Your glory can come. Your glory can come, Lord. Come. Come, Lord. We invite you to come. <laughs> what have we been doing? Well, yeah, it's it's part of what we've been doing, but we're we're in a, a new place now, a different place. It just seems appropriate. I feel the shackles, or I can hear the shackles, excuse me, I can hear the shackles falling off. It's because it's glory. It sets you free. It doesn't have to be explainable. In his presence, there's peace. There's pleasures in his presence. Wow, wow, wow. Come on. By a, by a show of hands, who in here is experiencing that peace and pleasure? Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's about half the room right there. The rest of you couldn't even raise your hand. <laughs> That's his goodness. Oh, my gosh. That's his goodness. It comes to us in our brokenness. 
It chases us down in our weakness. Come on. It finds us and knows us in our despair, in our darkness. Come on. It's who he is. He's good. Oh, do I have anybody who could testify of the goodness of God in here? Who will testify and say, he's, gonna, he's good even, even if my circumstances aren't good. Come on, even if, if my presence, what I'm, what I'm facing, what I'm enduring, even, even though this may not feel like it, my God's still good. The abundance of his goodness, it knows no bounds, it knows no ends. There is no start to it, there's no end to it because of who he is. He is good and he doesn't change. He does not change. He is good. In his goodness, he has brought us to this point. In his goodness, you are hearing about the mention of his name. I like what Jesus told Peter. He, he asked the disciples, he said, who do you say I am? He said, the prophet, prophet Elijah, a great man. They wanted to tell him who others said he is. He said, but who do you say I am? Peter's response, he said that you are the son of God. And Jesus blessed him on the spot. Jesus said, you're, you're so blessed, Peter, because God opened your eyes to reveal this to you. My question is to each and every single one of us, though, whether you're listening online at a later date and time or you're in your car at home or wherever you're at on your couch in this room who do you say that he is who do you say that he is when do you mention his name when you're frustrated who do you say that he is when you're only in a bad situation or circumstance, do you cry out? Who do you say that he is? When you look around and you see brokenness, who do you say that he is? Who do we say that he is? Because my Bible tells me that he's the savior of the world. Yeah. No ifs, no ands, no buts. He doesn't, he doesn't need your help to argue and win people to explain theorize and indoctrinate Jesus is the savior of the world he is who he says he is and he will do what he says he will do so as the water falls from the heavens and waters the earth so will the word of the Lord accomplish everything it was sent to. What is God's word set to accomplish? Love, save, bring hope. Hope.
He's the hope of the world. Our hope is in you, Jesus. seems as though hope is something that the Lord wants to really deposit into um, I'll say it this way it, it feels I'm impressed that hope is something that many of us um, are lacking uh, it's not the first time I've felt this way I mean, I mean me. Maybe you're in a lot better understanding of the grace and goodness of God and you've never felt hopeless, but I, for one, have been um, pretty hopeless. And what I feel like is that um, God wants to brand our hearts with his hope. Anybody else? I'm just, I'm kind of in a place where I'm like, uh, this isn't where I plan to go. I do have notes, for those of you wondering. So I'm going to ask the question, Lord, what do you want to do and how do you want to do it? Who, who has a word about hope? Well, um, he started talking about hope, and the Holy Spirit, like, quickened me, like, explain what hope means. And I was like, okay. So in the world, people say things like, oh, like, I hope this will work out. I hope it'll, hope it turns out good for you. Hope you're doing okay. And it's almost like a, is it going to happen? Are you going to be okay? I don't know. Maybe. But the biblical meaning of the word hope, it's an expected end. Um, and it almost like it parallels faith or it's like it's faith's cousin, basically, in meaning. Um, but hope is not just when you say, I hope you're going to be healed. It's not like a you might, you might not. No, the expected end is that you will be healed. Does that make sense? And so when, when Pastor Andrew is talking about hope being restored or hope being branded on your heart, it is the hope, this expected end, that things are going to be well with you, that that situation is not going to be anymore. So I just would encourage you, and I, would, I want to even reinvent the way that you see hope or the way that you think about hope um, because it's an expected end. God is going to move. So, so as she's saying that, I, I, what I what I saw in my spirit um, is like Isaiah talked about 
um, those who wait on the Lord. There's another translation that talks about those whose hope is in the Lord. Um, Isaiah 40, 31. You can open up your Bible if you want to. Because what I saw is what the scripture testifies to. 40:31. Isaiah 40:31. That those whose hope or those who wait on the Lord, they're going to do these things. And it's funny that we kind of keep coming back to this. Um I I'm going to venture to say the amplified, it might be the might be the translation, but it may not be that one. Those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look, look, and hope in him. Yep, there you go. They'll change and renew their strength and power. Now, I don't really understand what it means when it says they're going to change. Well, no, I do. I think I do because it goes on to talk about this. She'll lift their wings and mount up close to God as eagles. Um, so here's what happens when an eagle takes off. Um, I'm no scientist or animal smart guy, but... I read about this, and it talks about how it takes a lot of um, strength and velocity to get lift off the ground. You understand that, you know, when an airplane's taking off, you hear the, the engines are full throttle. And, but once you get up into the sky, what happens? There's a cruising altitude. Well, they learned this from, from birds. I'm pretty positive from everything I know about history and flying. Um, and so there's a change in the eagle's uh, strength because they don't rely on their, their own anymore, but they rely on, the, on wind. And the reason I'm getting all teary-eyed is because in this moment I realize that what that is symbolic of is the Spirit of God. And even as we talked moments ago um, about how it's not by power, it's not by might, but it's by the Spirit. For those of you who don't know, Um, the word in the New Testament, when you read about God's spirit and him breathing upon us in Genesis and then again in John, it says that it's the breath of life. It's like air. Uh, Even in John, Jesus talks about how those who are are born of the spirit, it's like the wind. It's it's something that's present, but it's not something that we we can totally understand, Um, which which is why there's symbolism of the Spirit of God with fire and wind in the New Testament. We read about that. Um, and even to the dove. But all of these things don't accurately describe who he is as a person. But the point is that those who hope in the Lord shall change and renew their strength and power. They shall lift up their wings and mount up close to God. I like that part. As eagles mount up close to the sun, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or become tired. Of course, I like how the Amplified throws in. This is in Hebrews 12. I just remember from Isaiah. And for those of you who who maybe don't know or maybe are unfamiliar with, the only reason we have the New Testament is because of the Old Testament. Um, I have been a huge fan of the New Testament for most of my uh, life as a believer, as, as somebody who's saved and, you know, come to Christ, 
But the more that I dig into the New Testament, uh, because I remember so much of when I just spent my, my time and days pouring, um, just, you know, reading the New Testament. I've read through the New Testament in a matter of, you know, months. Um, so I would, I would read it several times in, you know, a matter uh, of time. And now as I, I look back over these familiar and fond passages, I'm taken to Old, Old Testament Scripture. Um, if you guys want to, you can go ahead and be done for a few minutes. I think I'm going to teach for just a few minutes. We might, I might get you back up here, I might not. But um, is that okay? <laughs> They're like, I'm not going to say no on stage. <laughs> I love you guys. Aren't they like the best ever? We have the best worship team in all of Southeast Texas. I'm just saying. Um, it's their humility. So I can brag on them, and it's not a big deal. But um, hope is that thing um, that gives us the ability to grow wings, if you will. How many of you guys have ever wanted to fly? Well, soaring isn't the hard part. It's taking off. Have you ever noticed that? Starting something new. What about um, what about a change? How many guys? Um, how many guys have ever tried to change change your habits? Like waking up earlier than you normally do, going to bed later than you normally do. Um, now that I have a kid, I'm like, listen, I like my evenings. Don't don't come at me. I don't want to. I don't want to be bothered at night because that's the only time I get peace and quiet. Like I love my daughter. Don't get me wrong. But the change uh, in schedules and and different things of like that has really challenged me. Um, so for those of you who are expecting, and you know you're in the, in a season right now where um, you're getting ready to birth something new, um, I would just encourage you to wait on the Lord. Ah, I thought that was pretty good. Amen. <laughs> maybe, maybe you're in a season of difficulty, um, and th- this is definitely going to be a necessary one for you to wait on God. Well, what does it look like to wait on God? What does it look like to hope, hope in the Lord? I'm so glad you asked. Um, I think that the, the best place that we can get to, and, and this is, um, you can take that down now, Blake, thanks. Um, this is kind of something that uh, I'm challenged by. I like, who in here uh, likes to have control of things? How many, how many of you guys like going through airports where you have no rights and you're not in control, right? We don't like, um, we don't like giving up our will. And maybe for those of you who are um, new to this, new to Christ, or you've never heard this before, when you accept Jesus, and how many of you guys know this is true? You can uh, shout me down. When you ask Jesus to be the Lord of the life, you are giving up your will. How many of you guys know that's, that's the truth? You're giving up your will. You're giving up because when you accept him as Lord, um, and in, in the scripture, a lot of times I heard this growing up, that we needed to be saved. 
But the truth of the matter about us being saved can only take place if we recognize Jesus as Lord and or, this is a word that will make a lot, lot more sense to us in our Western uh, vernacular, master. Now, I know that's not a pretty term or it's not a, um, a very fond uh, word to be used um, for where we've come from as a nation and slavery. We'll just say it like that. But we're all going to serve something. We're all going to be slaves to something. We're all going to be chained to something. And, and that's really what I um, came to talk to you guys about today um, because uh, there's... This thing in the Bible that I feel like I'm really struggling to comprehend. And it has to deal with the death, the crucifixion, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And you're like, hold on, Pastor. Isn't that one of the cornerstones? Like, isn't that pretty fundamental? Isn't that like something you probably should understand as a pastor, like as a leader, as a follower of Jesus, like isn't that one of the first things that we should all understand, right? But the thing that I'm trying to wrap my head around is why, and it's so wild to me, we talked about this in prayer this morning, um, behind every move of God is uh, uh, prayer. Um, which you're welcome to come to. We pray every Sunday morning at 9.30. And we even have an intercessory group, and they're praying throughout the week for, for me and us and things of the church and just lots of different things. But all that to say that when we read in the New Testament about what's taking place, and this is what I was pointing out, talking about in prayer, they were chained for Christ put in chains or even crucified or beheaded, right? We, you guys have read it. You know John the Baptist, beheaded. Jesus, crucified. His disciples, persecuted, imprisoned, beaten, stoned. Paul, shipwrecked. You know, all, like the list goes on and on. And you know what they did when they detained him? You guys know what the word de- detainment means? It means he got put in shackles, put in handcuffs, you know, it's like, it's like when you see the, the cops pull up on somebody on the street. It's a bad mamma jamma. They're like, hey, let's get out of here. You're supposed to be behind bars. Well, that's what they did to the disciples. Because they were what? They were preaching Christ and him crucified. And I'm like, I'm sorry, wait, what? Paul says, and when he, uh, to Corinthians, he said, when I first came to you, this is the first book of Corinthians, the first letter, Um, in the first chapter, or uh, end of the first and the start of the second one, he says, when I came to you, I was determined to know nothing except for him and him crucified. There's a lot of really good things in the Bible, like God's goodness. How many of you guys are a big fan of Psalms or Proverbs? Yeah? I love the Psalms. I love the Proverbs. You know what all the Bible testifies to? Jesus. And the work that he would do on the cross. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, can you put up 1 Corinthians 
118. I think I gave it to you. Yeah, perfect. It says, the story and the message of the cross is sheer absurdity and folly to those who are perishing and on their way to perdition. But to us who are being saved, it is the manifestation. Highlight that. I mean, if you, got, if you don't have the Amplified, um, there is a, there's some other words that you can use here, but it talks about just basically the picture or the full story. Um, but the manifestation brings something into reality. Hello. When God manifests his presence, you say, oh, God's here. Thank you, God, that you are here with me. The manifestation changes things. And so it says, to those of us who are being saved, it is the manifestation of the power of God. <laughs> Reminds me of, of, of something that I feel like so many of us are guilty of, and that is looking for power in all the wrong places. Because, yeah, I think there, there's so many things inside of us that say, well, we, we want to be saved, right? We, and we want to save others. I think I might probably say it that way. I think f- far too many of us, and I don't mean that as, as, as a rude thing or a, um, a harsh thing, but I, from what I've seen, that far too many of us are, are so um, hell-bent, if you will, on saving other people and we do it in our own way, in our own power. When the Bible is very clear, we just read about, just talked about how it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the Spirit of God. And how does this power come into reality? By the manifestation of the cross. But to us, for the story and message of the cross... To us who are being saved, it is the manifestation of God's power. You want to know what will set people free? You want to know what will change you from the inside out? You want to know what will bring about change in your home, and your family, on the job, in your coworker's life? Come on, in the government halls? It's the power of the cross. That's why they were imprisoned. It wasn't because they, they, they were eloquent. It's because they preached that Jesus rose from the dead. You want to know what's imprisoning people here on the earth still to this day in other parts of the world? It's the mention of his name. That we would declare a truth which we believe in, which of course we, we believe it's not just a truth that we believe in. It's the truth because Jesus said, I'm not just a way, I'm the way. Yahweh, hello, come on. He said, I'm Yahweh. All right. Some of you get that later. (laughs) I'm the uncreated God. What in prison? What put them in shackles? What is what is the thing that oof? You, You can't pray in school, not to Jesus. Not from what I've last heard. Not out loud. Now, thankfully, I actually was at Westbrook not too long ago, a couple years. It's probably been about three, three years, maybe four. And they were doing a Bible study. Man, I went in there and preached about Jesus. We're, we're very blessed and fortunate. 
but I've heard of a lot of a lot of other schools here in our country that you're not allowed to. You get in trouble for kneeling for what you believe is right. You, you, you're, you're condemned, your you're stones are thrown at you just because you try to stand up for what's right. When I, and I had no intention of going this direction, but I'm just challenged by, by something that Jesus talked about. He said, you, you, you're forgetting the weightier, weightier things, justice and mercy. I, I'm challenged by these things just because I have been so um, busy and, and really studious, even if you will, about God's word and, and the things of God's word and the things of God and, and, and his presence and just, oh, the list goes on and on and on and on. But I, I keep getting brought back to this and wonder what's so special about this. Why is it in Philippians chapter 1, verse 12, Paul starts, he's writing to the church in Philippi, and this passage is a, is a really interesting one, but it's, it's something that brought me to this. Philippians uh, 1.12. I'll be done by two or three. He said, I want you to know that everything that has happened to me here has helped spread the good news. I mean, this is, this is basically at the end of Paul's journey uh, as being an apostle and, and a leader to the new church. He's in chains. Literally, he's in prison writing a gospel. He said, I want you to know that everything that has happened to me has helped me spread the good news. What this really helped bring me back to was a message I preached a couple weeks ago. It's been several now. uh, Called how we're we're marked for a mission. How many of you guys remember that? We're marked for a mission. How many of you guys believe that? We're marked for a mission. In other words... God marking you, and this comes from Luke 4, 18, and it also comes from the story of David being anointed. And um, for those of you who, who weren't here or, or um, didn't hear, when David is anointed, it has to do with God's favor and approval marking him. And so we use the, the word marked as an interchangeable word for anointing, which has to do with God's favor and approval coming upon his life. And this is important because God's favor and approval has been extended to the world, and it's, up, it's now up to us to receive that invitation for God so loved the world. And it's up to us to decide how we're going to receive that and what we're going to do with it. Because ultimately, what I believe this really is trying to get us to go towards is what Jesus said, that we're supposed to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, but first we have to go. First we have to accept the invitation. First we have, to, we have to believe that God loved us so much that he believes in us that we could be just like him. Do you believe that? I have a hard time understand, wrapping my mind around that, that I can be just like God. You know why? Of course you do. It's the same reasons you have a hard time understanding it. Because you stand in front of the mirror. You look at the same, same face. You think of the same things. And you, you come from the same place. And you're like, no, 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 no. Like, I don't think that's for me. I don't think that's for me. 
But I just keep hearing God knock on the door, and he said, but I've called you. I've set you apart. I marked you with my blood. My blood was shed for you. I called you by name. I made you my child, that you could bear witness, that you could testify, that you could tell others. But first, we have to believe it for ourselves. First, we have to have an understanding that everything that has happened to us is going to turn out for our good. Do we believe that? I know I want to. But so many times when I'm in chains, whether by my choice or somebody else's, I'm questioning, why am I here, God? Why are things so hard, right? What, why is it that I, that I can't seem to get past this? And, and what it... What do I really need to accomplish? And so that's kind of one of the things. I, I mentioned this last week when we had that just fun service. It was really interesting and a little chaotic from some standpoints. Where I said, you know, I think the most important thing that God really wants us to receive, this was last Sunday, was that our, our purpose and our destiny is to be joined with, with and union, unity, union with him. And, of course, that's what Jesus prayed in John 17. He said, I pray that you be one as I and the Father are one. And so many of us are so busy, preoccupied by other things. I mean, let's just say how it is. And there are other people on the other side of the world, other parts of the country even, that are chastened, that are persecuted. I mean, and I've, I've been, I was called a Bible thumper. And I thought, well, that's not cool. But the Bible says that we should, we should um, be glad if we're persecuted for his sake. I just don't know if we really believe that. I don't know if I really believe that. If you're in a better place than I am, kudos to you. I just know that I don't really like persecution. I don't like it when things are hard, but James said when things are hard, when the testing comes, you should rejoice. I guess I just wonder what are we going to do if it does come here? But besides that, I think the thing that I'm really trying to, I guess that I would say that God is trying to get us as his, his church and body to, is to know this truth, that there is power in chains. And that's kind of an odd theological statement. But he said, I want you to know that everything that has happened to me here has helped me spread the good news. Next verse, verse 13. For everyone here, including the whole place, palace guard, knows that I'm in chains because of Christ. I mean, what a statement. To be in chains because of Christ. These guys rejoiced. Uh, this is way earlier in Paul's um, journey as an apostle and as a missionary. Um, where he was let go after being in chains. They were actually beaten with rods, from what I understand. Um, this is a really 
um, horrifying uh, process, very um, inhumane, if you will. And it says that after they were let go from being beaten with rods, it says they rejoiced that they got to uh, suffer for the cause of Christ. Rewind, though. How did they get in chains? When they were in prison, they commanded them, and this is all in Acts. You can read it. They commanded, I don't know, I don't remember exactly where, sorry. But they commanded them, they said, don't preach the name of Jesus. What were they so afraid of? First Corinthians 1.18, what did it say? It says that the power of the cross is the manifestation of God's, or not the power of the cross. It says that, that the cross is the manifestation of God's power. What, what can set me free? What can save me? What is, what is going to change this community? What's going what's gonna to help my mom? What's going to help my mother? What's going what's gonna to help my mother-in-law? What's going to help here and now? I believe it's the power of the cross. I, I don't know. I, I'm afraid that so many of us are guilty of reading about the cross, another, another message, another song, another service, and we just, we just skate by it because we've heard about the cross before. It doesn't awaken something inside of us. It doesn't, it doesn't bring fear and trembling. It doesn't bring us to our knees. It doesn't, it doesn't shake things on the inside of us. But yet in the Gospels, he said, when I, when I came, I didn't come with, with good doctrine. I didn't come with the, the doctrine of laying on of hands, with, with speaking in tongues. I just came in the power of the cross. I'm going to read through uh, the rest of this passage here. Verse 14. Because of my imprisonment, most believers here gain confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. Remember, remember this. Remember, this whole passage we're talking about, the reason he is enchained is because of Jesus, because he preaches Jesus and Jesus crucified and Jesus raised from the dead and Jesus being the Son of God. They called it blasphemy. But what do I call it? I call it freedom. Verse 15, it's true. That some are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry, but others preach about Christ with pure motives. They preach because they love me, for they know I have been appointed to defend the good news. Those others do not know, or excuse me, they do not have pure, pure motives that they preach about Christ. They preach with selfish ambition, not sincerity, intending to make my chains more painful to me. But that doesn't matter. Hold on a second. The rods don't matter. The shackles don't matter. The, 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 the high seas don't matter. The, the, the heat coming up from the enemy. You, your friends talking behind you, talking about you behind your back. It doesn't matter. That's what he just said. He said that they, they preach because they're jealous. They talk about it. But it doesn't matter. 
I just, for me, I, I, this is one of the things that I'm just, I, I'm laughing about because I'm just like, how do you get to the place where you decide it doesn't matter? You're in chains for Christ and you say, it doesn't matter. How I've gotten here, it doesn't matter. What's going to happen to me, it doesn't matter. Whether their motives are false or genuine, their message about Christ is being pre- the message about Christ is being preached the other way. So I will rejoice, and I will continue to rejoice. For I know that as you pray for me, the Spirit of Jesus Christ helps me and will lead to my deliverance. For I fully expect, and I hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die. For to me, living, it means Christ, and dying is even better. But if I live, come on, somebody, but if I live, come on, if I live, I could do more fruitful work for Christ, so I really don't know which is better. And this is so funny, because Paul's in chains. He doesn't have a choice. Right, how many, how many of you feel like you're stuck in a, in a prison right now? You're in shackles because of some choices, some things that have happened in your past, and you, and you don't feel like you have a choice. Come on, let's be honest. We don't feel like we have a choice in this world. We don't feel like we have a choice in our job. We don't feel like we have a choice because of our past. Come on. You know exactly what I'm talking about. So many things in our world, they imprison us. They try to convince us that we don't have choices. I'm torn between the two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But for your sake, it is better that I continue to live knowing that I'm convinced that I will remain alive so I continue to help all of you grow and experience the joy of your faith. And when I come to you again, you will have even more reason to take pride in Christ Jesus because of what he is doing through me. But it's just so comical to me because Paul has been in prison yet again. He has no hope of getting out. The only reason, the whole reason that he is here is because he's preaching about Jesus. You know, being marked for a mission is something that I wish God would, would stir up inside of me on an even greater level. Anybody else? I, I, I'm tired of living a life, a safe, Christian, normal life that, that doesn't understand and doesn't, isn't living out this power, the manifestation of God's power, which is Jesus, him crucified and being raised from the dead. I don't know what it's going to take. I wish I did. I wish I had a really great altar call. I feel like I'm not good when I give calls to be prayed for. Just a moment of transparency and honesty here. And I wonder, I'm like, you know what? A lot of us are the same people that come in here every time, and I think it's amazing that you guys show up week after week. I think what it testifies to is is a couple things. Um, I think it testifies to your character, integrity, and and faithfulness, like just because like you believe in, in the vision that God's given us. Also, I think the bigger thing that it testifies to is that you you can tell that something's happening here. You can tell that God's presence is here, and you're hungry for it. And I think that those things kind of go hand in hand, and I think those are just really, really big. But I guess I'm just kind of challenged, and I hope, I hope you won't stone me for this, but I just, I'm really in this place where I'm like, God, how can we reach more lost? And the thing that I kind of keep coming back to, I told Andrew not too long ago, I was like, man, let's go to a bar. 
I, I'm like, let's go find some lost people. Like, they've got to be out there. Jesus hasn't come back yet, so the, there, there must still be people that aren't saved yet. I'm in chains for Christ. I wish that things would get harder a lot of times. I wish that, I pray for persecution to come. I, I know you all give me like, really like, hold on a second. You shouldn't do that. But I do, I pray for things to get harder. I pray for everything that can be shaken to be shaken. I pray for this world to come to know Jesus. And I believe that one of the best ways, that quickest ways that'll happen is with this world falling apart. I don't want people to suffer. Don't misunderstand me. I just want people to have no other alternative than Jesus. But I think that before that can happen, I need to have no other alternative. So I guess I'll just pray and ask that God would just help us here to take some next steps. Because I don't really, I mean, I can go into a bar. I've been in, been in one plenty of times. Lots, I know lots of you have too. Not, not a dig or a proud thing, just... I mean, pool's fun, right? No shame in going to play a game of pool. I mean, I don't think so. Jesus hung out with sinners. I don't know a lot of sinners. I don't know a lot of people who are really bad. Not anymore. I used to be the baddest guy. Might have had problems. <laughs> you wouldn't have liked me. I didn't like me. You know, I used to think about killing myself because I, I didn't like me so much. So much. So, how do you even just say that? I didn't like me at all. Dear Lord, you're so good. You really are so good. So many people suffer because they believe in this. People that are our brothers and sisters and you, people that are martyred, for your sake. Lord, help us not to just run past this. Help us to remember, oh, please, and it's only you that can give God this permission, but God, I give you permission. I give you permission to remind me of the reality of persecution that others are facing. God, I give you permission for suffering, for the reality of suffering that can easily take place in my life. God, I pray, I pray that you would help us to know what Jesus was talking about when he said that we had to pick up our crosses and follow you. I pray that we would be so in love with you that the mission that you set out before us would take precedence over everything else in our life. Over, God, over our careers, God, over our education, God, over our, our days, the, the mon mundane, the Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and all of the other ones, God. I pray and ask that 
even on the holidays, you would help us, Lord. I don't want to just live a life of self-satisfaction and pleasure, Lord. I want to live a life that pleases you. I want to live a life of faith. And God, I want to be a church. I want us to be a church. I want to lead your church in this way that would be walking um, icons of your power because we have a revelation and a deep understanding of your cross and that we are unashamed of, of your gospel, Lord. It's in your name I pray. And if there's anybody here who um, you need to repent for having other priorities, um, would you just raise your hand? Let me see you. I see you. I see those hands. Okay. Um, let's just do this. Why don't you guys just come and, and uh, talk to me, and we'll, uh, we'll dismiss everybody else. And I just want to pray for pray for you guys. And I just thank you so much. Can we just honor the Lord before we dismiss? Mm. If you're online and you need to talk to us, make sure you just message us so we can get connected with you. Worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise, and worthy is your name. Worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise, and worthy is your name. Worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise, and worthy is your name. Worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise, and worthy is your name. Worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise, as worthy is your name. Worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise, worthy is your name. I'm reminded that we really need to give thanks. Um, a lot of times we... Uh, We'll do our tithe and offering towards the beginning, and so you'll have to excuse us for kind of going off kilter these last couple of weeks. But for those of you who, who do call this home and you believe it's important to sow into the place where you're being fed, um, we'll do, take some time to do that for just a moment. But here's the thing that I want us to take a hold of here. It's not what you're giving. It's what we're receiving. It's what we've received. And it's not just what we've already received. Yeah, please bring the buckets down. Thanks, guys. It's not what we have already received, but what we will receive. You can leave them on either side, guys. You don't have to put them in the middle. That'll be easier on the, on the ends. There you go. Thank you.
what we will receive. You want to know one of the most important things that you can do each and every single day? Thessalonians tells us this, in everything give thanks for this is God's will. You know how hard that is? But let's ask the question, do you know how important that is? Do you know how important it is to give thanks? And the reason is because it's your thanksgiving that makes a way. I really believe that. You know, um, the Lord told me something many years ago now, back in 2017. This is before most of you guys were here, before we had um, a somewhat pretty building. And... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's still not as pretty as I want it to be, but thank God we've got a building. Hallelujah. It's paid for, too. It's debt-free. We're debt-free. So that, I'm, I mean, like, why would you not rejoice over that? I just get caught up in the small things. Anybody else, you're like, oh, all these things, I still have less to do. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate your honesty. Um, but he told me this. He said, because um, I was on the back porch praying, and this is after the Lord told me a bunch of stuff, and I said, Lord, if we're going to do all those things that you told us to do, how many of you guys have ever come to God, and you're like, Listen, like, you like you grab him by the shirt, you're like the colleague, like, listen, Lord. <laughs> I said, Lord, how are we ever going to reach the people that you're calling us to reach? How are we ever going to reach this city? There's nobody, nobody's coming to our church. He said, I, I told him, I said, Lord, we need help. We, we didn't have any, Carrie wasn't here. We had nobody doing music. Um, we just, um, we were in a place where we were, we were really believing God for something. How many of you guys are in a place right now where you're really believing God and it's a big gap? All right, come on. Where's my faith people at? Stress your faith, guys. Put God, put God to the test. I'm telling you, he'll perform. He, does, he can't fail. But here's one of the secrets. Once you got your request, and it's not your will, okay, don't mistake, you, you like asking for a Lamborghini, okay, once you know it's God's will, and we know this because of God's word, we know God's will because of his word. Amen. I preach it real good. Come on. Hello. Um, we're going we're gonna to get out of here to lunch here in just a minute. But once you got your request, give thanks. Because Mark 11, come on, where are my faith people at? Mark 11, 23, 22, have faith in God. Believe. Put it up there for them, Blake. They ain't ready. They, they, some, of this, some of these young, young blood don't know, don't know nothing. Mark eleven twenty three. Put it up there in the, the Amplified. Jesus said this. He said, I tell you the truth. You got the Amplified? There you go. He said, I tell you the truth. Whoever says, somebody say says. Whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he what? He says. Oh, come on. One more time. Where's this out of the room at? What what, what What do you got to do? What do you say? Come on. Those things that you say will take place. It will be done for him. Verse 24. For this reason, I'm telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident that it is granted to you, and you will get it. Verse 25, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him and let it drop. Leave it go in order that your Father who is in heaven may also forgive you your own fallings and shortcomings and let them drop. Verse 26, 
But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your fallings and shortcomings. Okay, but back to verse 20, uh, 23. Because that's a, that's a whole, whole place together, verse 23. There you go, perfect. The important thing that you guys have to, we, that we need to focus on is that you have what you say. And I'm not going to, we, we're going to uh, take a break and come back at, uh, you know, another time. And we'll, we'll talk about that. But it's important that we're, we're talking about stuff, that we're having faith for stuff. It's important that we understand the, um, just that our words have power. And I know you were, we were talking about that this morning. So here's, here's the thing I want to point out. This is, and I, this is what the Lord told me. He said, quit asking me for things and start thanking me. Because if we believe the things that we're praying for, that God's giving them to us, we're going to have them, that he's already given them to us, that we have them by faith. Come on. Well, my faith people out, you can shout about it now. Then we don't have a reason to wait to rejoice. You remember, you remember who went, you guys remember the story of, of Jericho? They marched around the walls seven days, seven times, and finally on the seventh day, around the seventh time, the walls came crashing down. But what did they do when they marched around it? They praised. They praised. Oh, come on. I said they praised. Hey, all right. Come on. Thank God. Most of you are already given. If you, wanna, if you haven't given, uh, you know, put it in the bucket. Now's the time. You thank God. You thank God. You don't wait for a song to come on. You don't wait for the preacher to get real loud. You don't wait till you see your miracle, your breakthrough. You thank God. I thank God. Hey, I thank God. Yeah, hallelujah. You rejoice. You shout about it. You dance about it. You give God the glory before you see the building painted. Come on, before you see your new car, before you see your miracle, your breakthrough for your child, your neighbor, your co-worker, come on, your family, what do you believe in God for you? Thank God, thank God that your presence is coming. Thank God that you're still in the business of changing lives. God, thank you. Thank you that you've given me air in my, my lungs. God, thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, I certainly am excited about it. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to brag or toot my own horn, but I get stuff when I pray about it because I shout about it. I give thanks about it. And I'm not going to let anybody else get my blessing. I'm just saying. Because I thank God. And you should too. Okay. Uh, Thursday is our National Day of Prayer. I, yeah, we have a national. So um, for those of you who uh, are able and willing, um, it's downtown uh, at the city hall at 12 o'clock. Um, lunch will be provided. And um, Pastor Becky's singing. And uh, actually, the night before is what I was uh, getting ready to talk about. First Wednesday. Yeah, uh, we're having uh, Pastor Becky. She's going to be teaching us again. Um, it is at um, 7 o'clock. So uh, make sure you zoom on over here after work if you're able to um, show up, show out. And uh, we'd love to just connect with you and just be a part of what God's doing in your life. Please let us know for all the things you're in need of and also all the things that God is doing. Um, thank you so much. We have, uh, we're continuing to raise money 
uh, for our pledge. So just thank you so much for guys continue to believe in us. And I just, I'm, I was really impressed that as we talk about our pledge, um, that we should just thank God for the rest of the money. So can we just stand and do that as we go? Come on, you ought to just thank the Lord for it. Yes, thank you, God. You're so faithful. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. God, you never fail. God, what is $22,000 that you cannot provide? It is nothing. So we thank you for it in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Hey, thank you, Lord. All right. And with that being said, let's go. Love people and lead well. You guys are dismissed. Have a great week. Thanks for being here.